Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Inside Career Technical Education. It's so great to have you with us today. I'm Ann Baldwin, one of the hosts of the program. And I'm Jim Beloga, President and CEO of Porter Chester Institute and YTI Career Institute. And I'm your co-host. Yes, you are. It's so great to see you. And it's so great that you've tuned in today because we have another great story to tell. You know, let's kind of set the stage here before we bring our guest on, Jim. And that is, you know, there's everybody needs people to work in their industry, right? There's food service workers shortage. There's truck driver shortage, school bus driver. I mean, it's across the board. Um, But there's also a shortage of instructors. Let's just be honest about it. You know, especially in the skilled trades and in nursing. Mm -hmm. Um, At YTI and PCI, you're always looking for people who've been in their industry to give back and to, you know, pass along their trade and their expertise to your students. No, absolutely. And and again, I think, um, you know, for many people, um, you know, they move through their career and, and, you know, they maybe at some point in their career have thought about teaching or helping develop the workforce of the future. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and I I don't think that, um, you know, folks don't really put that together until something happens. I mean, there's some either defining moment in their life or some situation that happens and then they they really consider it. And, um, you know, we're we're always, um, you know, on on the look out for, you know, um, high quality people to come in and to uh, help us, um, you know, teach our students. Right. Um, and, and those folks, you know, have the ability to make a difference in not only that person's life, but but also in the life of, of, of employers who make up our workforce. Well, let's talk about one of those people. And you talked about the light bulb moment, and we'll get to that. So we've got Lisa Coe here, and Lisa has BSN and RN at the end of her name. And she is a practical nursing instructor at Porter and Chester Institute. She's got a lot of energy and a great story to tell. So first of all, Lisa, thanks for being on the program. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm so happy to be here. So let's talk a little bit about um, what are those credentials after your name, the BSN and the RN? I should know, but I don't. That is okay. <laughs> so um, so I went to school to become a registered nurse uh, back in 1980, before I graduated in 1988. Um, I went through a baccalaureate program, which was just gaining popularity at, at the time that I went through undergrad. And so my training allowed me to sit for the licensure board um, to become a registered nurse in the state of Connecticut. And the degree uh, that I received was Bachelor of Science in Nursing. So the BSN is for Bachelor of Science in Nursing and RN is for Registered Nurse. Wow. So you've been doing this for a while and you've had a successful career. Talk a little bit about where your career has taken you over the years and then we'll get to the big reveal. (laughs) So uh, my career has been very, very grounded in skilled nursing and long-term care. Um, When I went to college, I knew that that was the uh, patient population that I wanted to provide care and services for. And um, so the majority of my work life has been spent in what you would consider the nursing home or skilled nursing facility, post-acute rehabilitation environment. I did the obligatory two years in hospital nursing, uh, which is always recommended for new graduates to uh, get strong uh, strong assessment skills, uh, to be able to react to emergency situations, 
And so I did those two years, but but ultimately uh, went on to long-term care, graduated up through the ranks. And um, for about the last 25 years, I've been a director of nursing services in one capacity or another in long-term care. So let me ask you this question. Do you know this guy uh, standing next to me, Jim Beloga? You ever met him before? I have not. Only, well, I feel like I have (laughs) um, because because, uh, uh, Jim sent me a really interesting email one day, and I wish I could still find it in my uh, LinkedIn, but he, I think he sensed that I, I was suffering the same burnout that many of my colleagues were suffering during the pandemic and um, working long hours and just not getting ahead of this nursing shortage. And I think I, I'm going to paraphrase and say that he said, have you ever considered being a different part of the solution to the, to the nursing crisis? And I came across it, I think, a couple of days later and said, absolutely, yes, thank you, please. Um, I think the uh, the uh, undercurrent that I didn't write, because you don't want to seem, you don't want to scare off your new employer, uh, <laughs> was <laughs> absolutely, please come rescue me. And, um, and from there, um, it, it was a conversation about what I could do to give back something, as you had said, to a, a career and a calling that I love. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like the perfect time in my life to make so, this decision. Right. So, Jim, isn't it interesting, right? You never know. So you send Lisa a message on LinkedIn. Lisa's been doing this her whole life. And, you know, in talking to Lisa previously, and I'm not saying this lightly, he changed your life, right, Lisa? Talk about that. Um So at the risk of being what my mom used to call a professional crier, um, (laughs) absolutely. Uh, I have not had a day since I made the decision to transition into my teaching career. I have not had one day of regret in in making this choice. I feel like um, in, I I think it's two months, just shy of two months that I've been teaching with Porter and Chester. Um, I've found a completely different um, work-life balance, for sure. But I've also found new meaning to my profession as a registered nurse. Um, and, and that was important to me. I was so afraid that I was going to have to walk away from being a nurse. And if any old nurse, if you've ever had the opportunity to talk to an old nurse, I consider myself an old nurse, they would say the hardest thing about nursing is is when you're no longer a nurse. Um, it's so much in the fiber of who we become if we true and who we identify as. And I was afraid I, I with the pandemic that I, I could no longer give back to the capacity that I wanted um, to be a supportive part of the industry. And along come Porter and Chester and it, I've found something amazing. I, I've found something amazing that's renewed my commitment not only to, you know, to my license as a registered nurse, but also to my calling. And and that was the that was the higher purpose. Yeah, and that it's it's uh, so it's great to it's great to hear all this, Lisa. Because again, 
you know, I'm, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm fairly active on LinkedIn and, and other, and other social media sites. And, and again, I, I, um, really take great pride in, in trying to listen well, um, to people around me, um, no matter, you know, where they're at sort of in my circle of influence or circle of life. And, um, you know, one of the things that I have heard a lot, um, from, you know, professionals in the healthcare sector, if you will, is that, um, you know, COVID was incredibly challenging and, um, and in so many different ways and it affected everybody differently. And, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've made a bit of my mission is, um, to try to make folks, you know, like yourself, um, maybe a little bit more aware of, of the opportunities that exist, um, you know, in the, the broader healthcare world. And, and again, it's no surprise to anybody that there's a shortage in, in nurses right now. And there's, you know, there's a tremendous amount, I think, of younger people in the country who have interest in going into nursing. It's sort of like the chicken, the egg dilemma. Right. Um, you need you need to have folks who've got the experience um, to come into the educational environment and provide, um, you know, the knowledge and the training and the education of, of the workforce of the future. And um, you know, one of the things I really love about our education approach, um, our delivery method, is that you know students um, in the practical nursing program, in particular, um, you know, right now it's on ground during COVID. They were able to do their lecture online, which um, which many students I think appreciated. Um, but now they're they're back on ground in, in classrooms, and um, and then what they're able to do is take that theory, practically apply it in our industry modeled labs. And again, during COVID. Um, you know, we went out and we bought, you know, high, high fidelity mannequins um, for each of the five campuses that we have programs. Her name in. is Annie. Her name is Annie. R- Resuscitation and, yeah. Annie. <laughs> right, they didn't right. name her after me, but right, that's right, okay. Right. But, it, so, but it's really, yeah, it's amazing because, Jim, to your point, you had to shift. You had yeah. to shift how people are learning. You can't just stop saying we can't right. do this because of COVID. So you've really kind of twisted that. So, Lisa, you're a perfect example of you know, someone who's made that switch and what better people to be teaching students than people who've got all this experience. You called yourself an old nurse. I call it an experienced nurse. So what does a day in the life of instructing now for Porter and Chester Institute look like? You take students on their externships, correct? Yes. Um, In in our field, um, it's called a clinical site. Mm-hmm. Um, so we come to the clinical site in the morning, and as an instructor, I am greeting a class of approximately seven to ten students. Um, I have students at varying levels of clinical capability, uh, so I always have a, a group that has people, has students with emerging skills some with more proficient skills, and some who have been signed off as completely proficient in a specific skill area. So my job is to work side-by-side with the student to help them to uh, do um, head-to-toe audits on all of our patients. It would be um, gathering information like vital signs, and, you know, the patient's clinical presentation, looking for any issues regarding pain or difficulty breathing, skin issues, gathering all of that data that they'll be expected to be able to gather as licensed practical nurses. And then from that, helping to them to learn how to formulate a plan of care 
um, that is specific and appropriate and patient-centered to that person. That's the very foundational um, aspect of nursing care. Um, as they proceed further into their uh, clinical skills, uh, they begin to add additional additional uh, clinical tasks such as providing wound and skin care, uh, utilizing feeding tubes to provide tube feedings, doing uh, medication passes. So all of those skill sets grow off of those initial foundational um, contacts that we have with our first patient at the bedside. And I think every nurse remembers um, his or her um, clinical opportunities as we were coming up in the ranks. We all have memories of the really um, helpful and beneficial clinical um, contacts that we had with our instructors and the ones that, you know, we all also went through the ranks with the those that we have some nightmares about. Um, so, I, I, fortunately, I'm not so... Uh, I'm not so far removed from my memories of those days that that I want to help my students to fully embrace the entire identity of nursing and and the art and science of nursing um, to help the patients in our charge to be able to be placed in the best possible position for nature and science and whatever higher power um, to act upon them to, to total wellness. And that's a theme in in my daily practice with my students. Well, Lisa, and, and you know, you talk about that, and, and regardless of what industry we're talking about, whether yeah. it's skilled trades, healthcare, that's what a lot of your, that's a feedback that you get from a lot of your students, is not only the knowledge, the institutional knowledge that these professionals bring uh, to the classroom, whether it's online or hands-on. Uh, so it's it just, and then the passion for teaching, right? Because we can't pass along skills unless we have a good teacher. So it's so great to hear, Lisa, that you know, your heart is in this thing. She was telling me when I talked to her earlier, She's she even has been able to invite her neighbor over for dinner that lives next door, which she hasn't been able to do in years. Right, mm-hmm. Lisa? And I happen to own a small business with him. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that I haven't been able to invite him over in two years. And um, it, so the other exciting thing um, for for any of my, my baccalaureate level and above uh, registered nurse friends out there, if you want to give back to your industry in a profound and 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 impactful way and leave your legacy and i think it's important for us um you know as, as we reflect on our nursing careers to ask ourselves what is my legacy going to be to this industry how will i be remembered and i want to you know be remembered by the patients to whom i provided care but also to the nurses coming up uh, whether they were my students or or new nurses that I worked with, I want to be remembered as the person who guided and supported them. Um, so that's been the great joy. And I, I can't lie. The other great joy is not having to be uh, mandated to work an extra shift, mm-hmm. not being forced to work a 22-hour shift because there were no other staff people coming mm-hmm. um, to relieve me or having to make decisions about uh, going home to see an, an ailing family member. Um, those are all things that, that we as nurses faced during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And and I don't regret 
that I, I was in that position for two and a half years, but it's my time now to to take a different look at my career. And I think a lot of my contemporaries um, are feeling the same way, but they just don't know, you know, if, if it's something that they can do. Well, let's get to that. And and so, Jim, mm-hmm. you know, to to Lisa's point, and we're going to wrap things up here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, for those people who might be undecisive and wondering you know, should I do this or should I not? What is your advice for them and how can people look into instructing in any of your program? We're, we're actually right now, um, uh, we on our website, if you go to porterchester.edu, there is a section called We're Hiring. You can go check that out. Um, you know, conversely, you can always email us at recruitment at porterchester.edu and send your resume and a cover letter. Um, <clears throat> and so what we're doing is, again, we're trying to uh, promote um, instructor opportunities through our existing workforce, um, as well as going out, you know, into actively sourcing candidates who, who might, who might have interest. One of the things that we're doing, like myself included, is, you know, I'm out on LinkedIn and I'm, I'm trying to connect with professionals like Lisa and, and just simply, you know, stating, think about it. Yeah. Think about it. And, and stating sort of what I know you've been through, because I've listened to your, Mm -hmm. your colleagues tell me, um, exactly what Lisa just said. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm mandated to work another eight hour shift at, at 10 of three when my shift ends at three. Um, you know, I haven't been able, you know, I've had, I've I'm not been able to really get enough sleep every night. I, I haven't been able to get groceries this week because, you know, I had to work a couple mm-hmm. extra, right. double, you know, a couple extra shifts. Um, and I think what we're trying, what I'm trying to do with the healthcare employer community is also reach out to them and say, look, we recognize there's a shortage, but you know, again, it's the chicken and the egg. We need to get folks like you know, like Lisa, um, you know, to consider teaching and help support her. We take great um, pride and great effort. We're not perfect, but you know, again, we we, we go through a you know an extensive, um, I think, an extensive onboarding process for folks to come in to get integrated. One of the things we often say to uh, practitioners is, you don't need teaching experience. Um, we'll help you get there right. um, in terms of all all those aspects of, of being able to, you know, basically lead a classroom or lead a clinical environment. Some of this stuff does come naturally for folks because, yeah. because again, they've they've lived it and and they're going to provide insight that you're not going to get from a textbook. Right. They've been there, done that. Exactly. And we can't feed the shortage unless we have the instructors to teach the students, right? Like you said, chicken and the egg. Right. Well, Lisa, I can tell you, I'm sure Jim is so glad that he wrote you that message on LinkedIn. I think the actually. In- go ahead. I actually found the message, okay. and and I'm glad that I did. I'm a sentimental person, um, and and in the message, and this is on April 13th. Um, he sent me a message, and and part of it was, please let me know if you or any of your colleague, colleagues would have an interest in teaching and helping me part of trying to reduce the nursing shortage. And it hit me like a ton of bricks, and I'll tell you why. Um, the next day was my daughter's birthday. Uh, she is also a registered nurse, and um, she works in critical care through the pandemic, and um, we haven't seen much of each other because we've been isolating so that we wouldn't make one another sick. Right. And I was not able to spend her birthday with her um, for the first time in 34 years uh, because I had to work a double shift. 
and I couldn't get out of it. And it was not a day that I'm scheduled to work, and as a salaried person, I also didn't get paid. Yeah. So just, you know, just an example of, you know, of work-life balance right yeah. there. Yeah and, I, and I, yeah, and I would just simply say, I mean, I think timing is everything, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Lisa. I mean, right, I mean, it's just... I mean, I think folks get to getting ideas in their head and they start to think about those ideas. And then and then there's a moment that happens that helps sort of just commit that idea in your head to action. And then you take action. I mean, we're you know, we're we're always um, in the market looking for, you know, quality instructors, you know, again, whether it's in um, nursing or, you know, medical or dental assisting. Um, or any of the skilled trades. So whether you're, you know, you're an electrician or an HVAC technician, a plumber, a low voltage technician, an automotive technician. I mean, we are we are always looking for folks to give back. Our success as a country is being able to take young people, and 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 I would say not so young people, right? Because we just we just we just had a we just had a a a, um, a student a student on who 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 was a micro recipient who who was in his mid fifties, right? It's never too late to make a change, right? And make it for you, make it for quality of life. You know, really sit down and is it about the paycheck or is it about the quality of life? I think we've all kind of had that moment of reexamination of what matters and what doesn't. And Lisa, you're a perfect example. I'm glad you won't have to worry about your daughter's birthday next. Next year, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, you better believe it. Already planned. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So we want to encourage people to go to porterchester.edu um, for all the information. And what's the other recruitment website? Yeah. So if you go to, if you want to send us an email with with a cover letter and mm-hmm. your resume, you can you can send that to recruitment at porterchester.edu. Okay. So think about it. It's worth thinking about. Lisa Co. thank you so much and continued success to you. This was uh, a real eye-opener, I hope, for all of you who tuned in to this edition of Inside Career Technical Education. On behalf of myself, Ann Baldwin, and Jim Beloga, thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate it.